Let's give him a good Bendale welcome to this place here tonight. God bless you, brother. Appreciate you, brother. Come on, lift your voice. Let's clap our hands like we mean it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, aren't you thankful for what you're feeling here tonight? Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for your compassion. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power. Thank you for that name that is truly above every name. That at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee's going to bow. Every tongue's going to confess. Somebody shout yes. Glory, glory, glory. Good to be in the house of the Lord. And I uh, love what I feel tonight. And, uh, I know that you love it too. Else you wouldn't be here. Praise God. Amen. It's better than any bar in the county. Hallelujah. Better than your Michelob and Miller Lite. Praise God. Hallelujah. Better than your Jack Daniels. Hmm. <clears throat> Some of y'all must still be trying all that stuff. Hallelujah. Amen. Mm, mm, mm. I'm kind of torn between what I need to preach tonight. And I don't have the strength to preach both. Hallelujah. And y'all wouldn't put up with me that long. So, Amen. But it's good to be here. And uh, Sister McCool said to greet everyone, tell them that she said hello, and she sends her love. Praise God. And uh, she's praying for this service and uh, asking God to move and bless. <clears throat> and um, I believe the Lord's already done that. And he's got some more for us if we really want it. Is that all right? <clears throat> Your pastor and I was talking earlier uh, this afternoon and just talking about the goodness of the Lord and talking about just the times that we're living in. And uh, I don't know about you, but <clears throat> sometimes we feel like the enemy's just pressing in. But I'm telling you that the devil is already defeated. It's just a lie. You've already overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. <clears throat> so if you're having problems, you might need a little more blood. And you might need to start testifying a little more. Is that all right? Praise God. Praise God. Well, if you have your Bible, turn me to Isaiah 45. And uh, I'm just going to rear back and let the Lord have his way. Praise God. <clears throat> I was going to preach tonight from Mark chapter 5 and talk about the woman with the issue of blood. And I was going to preach to you about coming from behind. And some of y'all tonight, I can already tell, you feel like that's the way it is. You running behind and trying to reach for something better. And you can have it. Praise God. No matter how low it is. You could still reach up and get something from God. <clears throat> I want you to be reminded that she said to herself, if I can touch but the hem of his garment. <clears throat> that's, that's where the dust is. That's where the dirt is. That's where the low point of life is. 
But she made up in her mind, if that's all I can get, that's all I need. So I want to encourage somebody tonight, you can get anything you need if you just get your mind made up and get your focus on God. Praise the Lord. Now, old timers used to tell us when you're going through stuff and you got trials going on and you're struggling, <clears throat> if you're going to get anywhere, then you need to do what? Get your mind on God. And then secondly, get your mind on where he's leading you. Praise God. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I want God to open some doors. Praise God. I want him to break some break some barriers today. Hallelujah. Honored to be here with my friend, Brother Moore, <coughs> and Sister Moore. Praise God. Where'd she go? Thought you slipped out, probably. Said, I done heard enough of that preacher. Praise God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Don't forget, my wife sent you a happy today. Amen. And I delivered it to you. All right, so say something good. You may have to retext because I know what you sent. Everybody like Sister Moore? She is one of a kind. And God knew she needed somebody that put up with her. There is a great reward for you in heaven. <laughs> well, bear with me in my folly. Isaiah 45, let's take a look now at verse 1. Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand have I holden, to subdue nations before him. I will loose the loins of kings. Notice what the Lord is saying. He is making declaration of what he is going to do. I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two-leaved gates, and the gates shall not be shut. Number Verse 2, I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. Anybody happy about that? I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. I will give thee the treasures of darkness, hidden riches of secret places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, he's a personal God, am the God of Israel. Praise God. For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, mine elect, I have even called thee by thy name. I have surnamed thee. Though thou hast not known me. Mm. His surname was Israel. I am the Lord, verse 5. There is none else. Oh, hallelujah. There is none, no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord. There is none else i form the light and create darkness i make peace and create evil i the lord do all these things i'm gonna stop right there i could read more but i'm gonna stop right there amen psalm 107 if you will turn with me to psalm 107 the scripture says oh that men would praise the lord for his goodness for his wonderful works to the children of men 
For he hath broken the gates of brass, cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools, because of their transgression and because their iniquities are afflicted, their soul abhorreth all manner of meat. They draw near unto the gates of death. Anybody remember being there? And they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saith unto, saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word, everybody said his word, and healed them. Somebody say he healed them. Somebody shout and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Praise God. Praise God. We're going to talk about beyond the gate. Beyond the gate. Praise God. Anybody feel like you've just been standing behind a brick wall? Feel like you just stuck in the process. I'm telling you something. God's going to open some doors. Mm, 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 mm. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. God, we're so grateful, honored that we're able to stand here today and minister the word of the Lord. I pray today that you would place your hand upon every family, every need individually. And God, we're leaning upon you and your strength. Thank you for those that have come in faith to be prayed for. Lord, that they could bind their faith together with every brother, every sister. That even though it seems like they stand and the, 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 the gate and the door that is closed to them. Help them with courage today to stand upon your word and believe that God, you are still one that opens doors that no man can shut and you shut doors that no man can open it's because of you Lord that we are where we are today and we're standing in faith that you're going to move mountains for us you're going to open doors you're going to give us the breakthrough we need we lean on you today taking you by the hand and we give you praise for what you're doing for us in Jesus name Clap your hands to the Lord and give God some praise. Somebody, I'm going through. Somebody say it, I'm going through. I'm not going to hang around the periphery of defeat. I'm going through. I'm not going to sit back on my laurels of defeat, but I'm, I'm going to move. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going I'm to get involved in this thing. Somebody shout praise the Lord. God bless you. You can be seated in Jesus' name. Said thus saith the Lord to his anointed Cyrus, whose right hand have I holden to subdue nations before him. And then the Lord began to declare that I will loose the loins of kings. And he would open before him the two-leaved gates, and the gates would not be shut. That he would go before him, and he would make crooked places straight. That he would break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder or into the bars of iron. It was a pronouncement of incredible deliverance that the Lord had given to Israel. They had gone into captivity because of their sin. And at this time of Isaiah's calling, he had seen it all. He had conferred with all of those that were involved 
in the taking away of the children of Israel and Judah into captivity in Babylon. They were in the place that they were in because of their sin. And that is exactly what sin does to us. It carries us away captive. It binds our faith and it hinders our relationship with God. So let me reiterate that sin, amen, will bind you up. Sin will take you captive. Sin will destroy your life. And sometimes God leaves us in the condition we're in long enough where he can once again come by at a time and a place where we're sick of being where we are. We're tired of living like we've been living. And the Lord reminds us that even though you're where you're at, I'll show you what I'll do if you're willing to just leave and come on home and get where you need to be with God. I'll break every hindrance that's between you and a miracle. And so the Lord shows them that in spite of being destroyed by the enemy, that I'm not going to leave you without a hope. I'm going to promise you that a remnant is coming out of this situation. A remnant that seems to have no hope is not beyond help. I'm going to reach into where you are and I'm going to pull you out. I'm going to break down the door. I'm going to open doors nobody can shut. I'm going to bring you out of this bondage and I'm going to place your feet back on the road to freedom. Come on, somebody. Bring you back to a place where there's joy in your life and a renewing of your faith and a renewing of your spirit. I'm going to break down the gates of brass. It's this time that God enunciates the instrument of his deliverance. Sometimes God moves in sundry ways that we do not understand. He uses instrumentality that perhaps we don't think God could ever use. But I'll remind you tonight, God uses whom he chooses. He uses those that are willing. He uses even the sinner at his disposal and will. He uses even the wicked uh, to accomplish his means. Uh, Somebody say amen. Uh, Your Bible is replete with it. uh, And I don't have time to go into it. But I'm here to tell you that whatever God needs to do, uh, whoever God needs to use, uh, honey, you ought to rejoice. uh, Because whatever it is, uh, amen, it may look bad to some. uh, And it may look ugly to others. uh, But all you're concerned about uh, is getting out of where you are. uh, And getting back in a place where the blessings of God can flow in your life again. He said, I've chosen my servant Cyrus, a Persian king that God set his hand of anointing upon. He said, I have sent before you my anointed Cyrus, 
whose right hand I have holden. In other words, I am the one that is anointing him. I am the one that is enabling him. And I want you to understand that when God begins to move in your life, what sometimes you think is the enemy working against you is really God using them to set you up for the miraculous and setting you up for a breakthrough. I wish I could get some help here. I want you to know that sometimes you don't have to understand it. You just need to walk through when God opens the door for you. Cyrus was a type of Jesus Christ in deliverance. It's in conjunction with his uncle Darius that he sacks the walls of Babylon. He comes against them with great force. He comes to them with an anointing upon his life to be the instrument and the key that God uses to open the door for Israel's release. Babylon was a strong and a wealthy city, the Bible tells us. Historians tell us that it was 45 miles in compass or more. Its walls stood nearly 100 feet tall. Some even say perhaps beyond that. Their walls were 35 to 50 feet thick in some places. In fact, they have said that they could possibly run six chariots abreast upon the tops of the walls of Babylon. But what stands out to me when I look at the scripture is not how large the walls were. It was not how thick perhaps that the walls of Babylon were. It was not how strong Babylon's armies were. But what stands out to me that in the walls of Babylon were 100 gates of brass that stood between Israel uh, and their freedom that stood between Israel uh, and their liberty that stood between them uh, that barred them from the blessings uh, of almighty God Uh, and the Lord was declaring unto them uh, that all the time you stood uh, looking out from where you are uh, to a place your heart longed to be uh, it's not going to be long I'm going to tear it all down and bring you through that is the the mercies of God at work. That is the incredible blessings and compassions of God, even when we don't deserve them. You see, God promises deliverance to all of us today. No matter, and not oftentimes we talk about deliverance. We immediately think of sin, and rightly so. But there are times that, that God's deliverance comes. Amen. That keeps us from sin. It is that deliverance that keeps us from a situation uh, that would destroy our marriage uh, and destroy us, uh, amen, as a person uh, that would drag us out of church uh, and into the world. I can't get no help. Uh, I want you to understand today uh, that deliverance means more uh, than dealing with sin. Sometimes uh, God uses deliverance uh, to keep us out of things that will hurt. Hallelujah. Fifteen years before the invasion and overthrow, a man that would come by the hand of Cyrus. Isaiah is prophesying about it. 
I want you to understand sometimes we hear things preached from the pulpit and they bring hope and enlighten our faith and we say oh bring it on and we wonder why it is that it doesn't come and the time perhaps that we expected it but I want you to understand 15 years passed before when Isaiah spake it and it coming to pass in their life sometimes your faith has got to stay in the race and show God I want out of here worse than anything else I want to break loose out of my bondage out of my mindset out of my shortcoming out of the things that limit me I want to be able to get beyond this and if I've waited 15 years what's one more I'll keep praying I'll keep believing I'll keep trusting God's going to bring this thing down hallelujah he prophesied that it would happen how many times your pastor or an evangelist has stood in this pulpit and he has prophesied by the word of the Lord he has preached hope into you he has reminded you of the constant faithfulness of God to keep his word to us word that believe how many times does the preacher get up here and remind you that even uh, when you've fallen uh, and you've made a mess of things uh, that the miracle can still be yours uh, if you you'll just get up again and you'll keep walking again and you'll keep believing again. Hallelujah. And so the Lord promises I'm going to give you deliverance. But it's not only deliverance that the Lord promises them. It's not just a way out and a way up. But he gives them a a pronouncement of the spoils. It's not enough for God to just bring you into a place of deliverance and just turn you loose and set you free. It's not enough for God to bring you out of the jail cells, so to speak, and simply send you on your way empty-handed. He tells them right here in this chapter where I know I promised you deliverance. I've already said that I'd open doors. I've already promised you I'd tear the gates off the hinges. But what I also want you to know that when you leave this place, you're not going away without what you came here with. Oh, you're going to help me. I'm going to tell somebody. You're not, you're not going to walk out of this place empty-handed. You're not going to come like you can't. Come on, somebody. Even in the tabernacle plan. Amen. The way of the sanctuary was thus. That you come in one way, but you leave a different way. Amen. Anybody want to leave different than how you came? Oh, God, help me to preach this tonight. Praise God. He said, I'm not just promising you deliverance. I'm promising you the spoils of the city. Did he not say, I'm going to give you the hidden riches of secret places. I'm going to give you the treasures of darkness, the things that you lost, the things that you forfeited, the things that you gave up, and a weak moment 
of faith. Come on, somebody. How many times you've given up, amen, when you were so close to a miracle? Can I get an amen, somebody? How many times that God said he'd do it, and yet you still stumbled in your faith? You still struggled to believe. You still got up and got disappointed because it didn't happen the way you thought it would happen. And the Lord's saying, hey, every time you lost it, every time you gave something up, every time you forfeited something out of your faith, he said, when you leave out of here, I'm going to restore it all. Sometimes we have to be reminded that God is not only a God of deliverance, he's the God of provision. If you're not where you need to be with God tonight, you're astray from the Lord. You, you about have backslid. You don't pray like you used to. You're not faithful to church like you used to. And you feel like, well, I'll never get back what I used to have with God. I'm telling you, that's all a lie. The Lord said, I'm not just going to give deliverance. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to put back together what was broken. I'm going to heal what is maimed. I'm going to bring restoration to the fallen. I want you to understand tonight that right here, he said, I'm going to give you the treasures of darkness. Mm. Everything you lost that the enemy took and put under lock and key, he said, I'm going to give it back to you. Your marriage, it's on the rocks. And feel like it's never going to get right. And you're trying, but it's just, I don't see it getting any better. The Lord said, all I need you to do is just believe me and start walking. And I'll put it all back in your hand. I done quoted it this morning. But seek you first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. All these other things will be added unto you. I tell you, God can put your marriage back together. God can, oh, help me now. God can put relationships back together. God can put it all back. Boy, I, I told somebody earlier, I feel like climbing furniture. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. We'll be having prayer meetings. Somebody be calling 911. Hallelujah. God helps us understand here that his deliverance goes farther and deeper than just sin. One of the greatest blessings in all the word of God is this blessing and promise of deliverance. Deliverance is mentioned in your King James Bible about 580 something times. He helps us to understand that it is a key ingredient in his will being done in our life. Restoring the things that are broken and uh, destroyed. The things that are weak in us. He takes it and uses it to make us strong. Uh, he uses it as a way to position us uh, for greater things. Uh, amen. Can you help me today? I, I want you to get a vision of the fact that the Lord uh, wants to do more. Uh, amen. Than just bring you through the doors uh, and the trappings of life uh, and the struggles with faith uh, that bring you to a place uh, amen where your faith uh, receives the check uh, and the reward come on somebody uh, I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost uh, you just keep walking uh, God's going to pay the dividend uh, amen you just keep being faithful God's going to reward you 
gives us liberty from the law of sin and death. Deliverance from possession. Deliverance from sickness and disease. Liberty to worship God in spirit and in truth. Liberty to shout. Freedom to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. But greater still, He gives us power to walk with Him. You see, that's the dimension that we receive when we walk through the gate. That I now have power to walk with God. I have the strength to say no to things. Amen. That would once again entangle us. Mm. It is that power to walk with God beyond the unbelief. And beyond the struggle with the flesh. Somebody say, uh oh. It's, it's, that, it's that struggle in the flesh that seems to get us so readily and so easily. It is that struggle. Your pastor and I were talking this afternoon about that. And uh, I remember my old pastor, Wayne McLean, making the statement many times as he would tell us to pinch the back of our hand and uh, or smack the back of our hand and remind us it hurts, doesn't it? And everybody, of course, is laughing and saying yes. But he said that that's to remind you you're still in the flesh. Amen. And as long as you're in the flesh, if you give in to it, it'll make a monkey out of you and it'll make a monkey out of me. And that's what happens when we start going backward into that realm of fleshly living. Can I preach to you now? And as long as you're living with a carnal mind, you are enmity with God. You're the enemy of God. But oh, if you could ever shake it off and get your mind back on God and get your footsteps in the right direction. God's going to bring you through today. Come on, clap your hands and praise Him right now. God's deliverance is based in His Word. It's based in His promises. Its strength is in the power and the authority of an intercessor that comes to the aid and rescue of people that can't help themselves. I talked with a man here not long ago. He said, well, I got a strong mind. I said, that's irrelevant. Well, I, I got good resistance. I got good strength there. I said, that's irrelevant. He said, what do you mean it's irrelevant? I said, because no matter how strong your mind may be and your will to resist, you are still a sinner and lost without God until your will bows to His. It's always based on His ability to do what you cannot do. Because no matter how much mental power, no matter how much willpower, no how much knowledge you've got, I don't care if you've got a million degrees behind your name. It's not going to make you smart enough to figure a way out of it. It takes one thing and that alone, and that is the power of the blood and His Spirit to deliver us. Deliverance is always based on His power and not yours. It's based on your repentance and asking God's forgiveness and changing your mind. Mm. Mm. In fact, now that I've mentioned that, that is the very word that is used in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 when he tells them to repent. The word is a in there. And it means to turn around and move in the opposite direction. 
It is the term here that he uses that when you turn and when you begin walking in a better direction, in the right direction, the Lord counts that as the forgiveness of sin. That's why you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Because it is essential. That is part of your repentance. Hello, somebody. It is an act of faith. Hello. It is that I'm not just turning around and trying to clean it up here, but I'm going to do something about it because it's the answer of the good conscience toward God. Hallelujah. In Genesis chapter 22, the Bible says here, the Lord speaking said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord. Because, and this is where the Bible said he could swear by no greater than himself. And he's saying here, because thou hast done this thing. He's talking to Abraham here when Abraham was tested in Genesis 22. When he tells the servants, I am going to take the lad and we're going yonder in worship. And the lad says, here's the fire, here's the wood, but where is the sacrifice? He reminds them we're going there, but we're coming back. We're going to the hillside but we're going to be back. We're going up there to make a sacrifice, but we're coming back. What are you saying, preacher? That sometimes you don't know how it's all going to work out, but when you get to that place in the presence of God and you find that sacrifice has already been made, you can come back rejoicing. Because God has opened the door for you. And he said, but by myself have I sworn, because you've done this thing and has not withheld thine only son, that in blessing, listen to me carefully, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemy. You see, the very act of your obedience the very act of your cooperation with God, the very act of your willingness to follow Him, the Lord not only brings you out, but He starts pouring out His provision on your life. Hello, somebody. I think sometimes we, we want to cry and we want to moan and groan because we're not receiving the blessing of the Lord it might be an indication that you need to go back and you need to discover to what level deliverance you're allowing God to work out in your life. It's one thing for God to bring you out of sin, fill you with the Holy Ghost. It's one thing for the Lord to give you the power of His name and be baptized in that name. But I'm telling you from that day forward, there is still that relationship that we need to pursue. And God said, when you pursue that, I'm going to add to you. It is the blessings. It is the provision. It is more mercy. It is that sustaining grace. You know, we talk a lot about saving grace. But we don't talk a whole lot about sustaining grace. Sure is quiet. Listen to me carefully. It's not enough just to have saving grace. I've got to have grace to live every day. Because you and I ain't perfect. Mm, mm, mm. And sometimes we, we botch it real bad, don't we? And that's why the Bible says that he giveth more 
grace. He gives more grace to help us each day. He gives us abundant grace for abundant living. He gives us abundant abundant grace for us to be able to live in that place where, hey, I'm not worried about what yesterday haunts my path with. I'm looking for something greater that God's going to open up. And he says, and in blessing I will bless thee. And in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven. You see, the charismatic world and the, and the false church world will always try to sell that prosperity gospel that said, well, it's like God kind of owes it to you now, and so you just name it and claim it and grab it and blab it, and God's going to drop it on you. No, that's not what the Scripture said. It helps me understand that, that if I will walk with Him and be faithful, God's faithfulness is automatically being unfolded in my life. That's why the Lord was able to say to Abraham, you look to the north, south, and the east, and the west. Everything that's about to happen is going to be contingent upon your obedience. And everywhere that your foot's going to tread, I'm going to give the land to you. What are you saying, Brother McCool? It's in the motions of your faithfulness that God is showing his power. Somebody asked me the other day, and I'm, I'm fixing to close here. Somebody asked me the other day, and I had to tell them that you want the power of God in your life. It's not necessarily in the days you fast or the hours you're logging when you pray, but it's in your daily faithfulness. It's in your relationship with God. It's pursuing Him on a day-to-day basis. You want God's power? Be faithful every day. Pursue Him every day. Be faithful in your prayer life, yes. Be consistent in your days of fasting, yes. But I'm here to submit to you that until there is that constant faithfulness that is portrayed in our life, mm, 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 it's in doing those things that God's blessings unfold. It is like pouring water Upon the rose. And as it begins to bloom and blossom, it only comes through what we have put into it. It's like trying to plant in parched ground, but yet use no fertilizer. No, no manure from the stall and put before we plant. It's, it's like trying to do something uh, it's trying like running a car without oil. Do you understand me here? It's, it's until there's that investment and the needed additive that's put into it. But until it's there, it's not going anywhere. Mm. You see, it's often a matter of our decision. We can be content to stay in our particular present condition if we want to. And God will let us if we want him to. But the Lord has simply sent me here in the Holy Ghost today to beckon to you that when God opens doors, it almost demands the pursuit and the retreat away from the things that hinder and get back in alignment with God's will. And purpose. Let's all stand. Mm.
See, it's a terrible thing to stay bound. Say, Brother McCool, I got the Holy Ghost. That's not what I'm talking about. Because you've lived for God long enough and you know just as well as I do that you can have the Holy Ghost and talk in tongues one minute and still struggle with unbelief the next. Sure they get quiet. We can come to church, we can dance and shout, and we hadn't even got the keys in our car yet, and we're already complaining and whining, cussing and fussing. Mm. You may not say it out your mouth, but we hear it when you slamming doors at home. Did I say something wrong? It's true. God says, I have a deliverance for you. A deliverance that goes beyond just pulling you out of a circumstance. Pulling you out of a bad situation. Pulling you out of some pain and disappointment. But when I do this, I want to do more than just pull you out and leave you standing there in the tattered clothes of yesterday. But I want to restore everything. I'm preaching to people that you need some restoration. You need your faith restored. You need your confidence restored. Confidence in God. Somebody say amen. And the reason why I say that is because far too many times we believe the lie of the enemy that God has really just given up on us. And you question God, where are you when I need you now? And God says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down the iron gate. The thing that you have stood and allowed to be a barrier between you and me. I'm going to yank it off the hinges. And I'm going to let you start walking out of this thing. But from what I do from that point forward is going to be entirely dependent upon what you allow me to work out in your You can come out those doors and you can choose to go right back to it. Satisfied with that same sound of the manacle and the chain that's around your mindset and around your heart and your actions. You can go out and turn right back in. It's almost like the elephant at the circus when they train those elephants and they chain their leg up to a big iron or steel stake that they drive down into the ground very deep. And when that young elephant goes out so far, they, he feels the bump of the chain and he realizes, well, this is as far as I can go. And after the repetitiveness of that action and that ingraining in their mindset, can I preach to somebody here today? Because this is what happens to you is you you're constantly going through the same repetitive mindset and the wheels grind the rut, failure, and finality in you. 
And the Lord's saying, what you need is deliverance from that. That it's not going to be the same after tonight. You're not going to go back to that same thinking when you leave here. Because that elephant walks out so far just like you've done so many times. And you get checked up. And now you're full grown in years. And you've lived for God 30, 40, 50 years. And you're still going through the same motion. Not realizing that you're strong enough to yank the stake right out of the ground. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight. But I will just simply suffice it to say it this way. That what God wants to do in your life, He wants to do permanent. He wants to break this thing once and for all. This constant recycling of negativity. I am preaching to a man right now that it's a constant cycling of negativity that's killing your marriage. And it's hindering your relationship with other people and with God. If you ever understood that God's already opened a door tonight, while we've been preaching, while the Spirit of God's been moving, I feel the Holy Ghost here. And God's just waiting on you to walk through. And when you walk through, don't stop and turn around. Don't go back the way it used to be. But keep on walking. Say, God, whatever you want to do, I'm ready. Whatever changes I need to make, I'm willing. Whatever price I've got to pay, I'm going to do it. The people I've got to get away from me, I'm going to get away from it. Oh, I feel like I'm preaching to somebody here. Because when you show God the fortitude and the faithfulness that, yes, I'm serious about this. The Lord's going to start blessing you and restoring things. And He's going to be healing things. Preaching to people that need healing in their mind. Your mind and your spirit have still carrying the scars of what has been. And the Lord wants you to come out of that gate and say, I need more than just a breakthrough. I need a healing. I need restoration. I need to feel like I'm a whole person again. Mm. Oh, let's wait on the Lord. Come on, church. Let's pray. Oh, Savior, I praise you. Father, you know the needs right now in this church. Every individual under the sound of my voice right now. God, they stand now, Lord, ready in the midst of your presence, Lord. And... I know the enemy's trying to work on their mind. The enemy's trying to pull back on them, to pull back on that chain and tell them they're not going to go anywhere. They're not going to get out of that. They're not going to break free from that mindset. They'll never break through and get deliverance over certain sins that are hindering them, that keep discouraging them every time they fail, every time they fall short. I'm preaching to somebody here that these doors are already open. He just needs you to come on through the gate and find your way to this altar and make your way to a place where God can restore your spirit. Amen. God's ready to do it. Amen. And God is faithful. You don't have to quit. You don't have to go back. You don't have to turn around. God's ready to do it for you.
Oh, shakatanda yana kanda yana mahosatanda bahaya. Oh, somebody come on and walk through that gate tonight. Why don't you go ahead and find a place to pray? Find a place to tell God, I'm ready. I'm going to walk out of this thing. I'm going to get a hold of your hand. I'm going to believe you all the way this time. Oh, Shandoro Kodoyada Bahaya. Oh, don't let the devil talk you in to going out of this place the same. Don't let the enemy, amen, convince you that God's given up on you and God won't do it for you. Amen, you need to tell the devil to get on behind you. You go ahead and get behind me. I'm walking out of here. I'm taking everything you got. I'm taking everything you stole. I'm getting the restoration I need. I'm going to get my joy back. I'm going to get my happiness back. I'm going to get my prayer life back. I'm going to get my relationship with God back. I'm going to get my relationship with people back. Devil, you're not going to stop me this time. You're not going to hinder me. You're not putting that chain back on mine. Amen. Amen. My children are coming with me. My wife's coming with me. My family's coming with me. I'm walking out of here with everything. I'm getting my family back. I'm getting everything back. I'm not going to sit here and be talked into a defeated situation again. Oh, shatananda bahaya. Oh, come on, talk to God right now. Come on, talk to Him right now. Come on, pray to Him right now. God's hearing that cry, young man. God's hearing that prayer, my brother. The devil can't stop what God's already doing. He can't hinder that. Amen. You're the only one that can hinder that. You're the only one that can stop that. Oh, Savior. Hallelujah. Oh, Savior. Jesus, put your hand on them. My God, you know every need right now. My God, heal that situation. Lord, restore that situation. My God, I'm asking you, Lord, to let there be a healing. My God, I'm asking you to mend the brokenness. Amen. Mend up the tear in the relationship. Oh, God, reach down right now. Let there be a healing. Let there be that restoration that comes with that deliverance. Oh, 
Ito ramande kiho satayanda robohusha. Come on, church, let's pray right now. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray, church. Come on, that's been our problem. We pray just long enough to get conviction off, but we don't pray through. We pray just long enough, amen, and because it doesn't involve us, we just stop in the middle of a miracle for somebody else. Come on, somebody's trying to walk out of some gates. Somebody's trying to get free from some chains in their mindset. Amen, that, that attitude of self-defeat. Amen, where the devil shackled them time and again because they believe the lie that they can't live for God and they can't be successful living for God, that they'll never be blessed even if they start living for God. It's all a lie. It's all a smoke screen. Come on, let's break through today. Come on, church, let's keep praying right now. God's moving right now. God's doing a work. Come on, been a long time coming. I'm walking out of this thing, and I ain't going back again. 
I'm not going to sit there and be shackled by it. I'm not going to let the haunting memories of yesterday hinder me any longer. I'm not going to let shame be a buckle. Amen. That holds me down. Hallelujah. 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 Got my mind made up, devil. I'm not going back. Not this time. Come on, get it settled. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Come on, let's get the issue settled. His grace is sufficient for you. His mercies are new every morning. Mm. Oh, Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Put your hand on them right now, God. Put your hand on I'm going to tell somebody tonight the anointing hasn't gone anywhere. And God's promises concerning you have not faded. You may not be in this altar tonight, but I'm going to talk to those that are still in the, in the chairs tonight. It isn't at time you quit letting the devil convince you. That you can't have it all. Father, put your mighty hand on my brothers and sisters. Come on, God hadn't changed his mind. He hasn't changed his mind about you. Walk through the gate, get back in his wheel. Get back in step with the Almighty tonight. Jesus. My God, have your way, have your way, have your way. 
While they're still praying, I want to say something here. This year has been a really tough year for, my, for me personally, physically. I do not have the energy that I used to have just a year and a half ago. <clears throat> when we get sick, when things happen, it brings weakness in our life. You get an injury. I played a lot of sports. You get an injury. That particular part of the body you've injured is weak. Brother Brad just had that surgery on the carpal tunnel. Right now, that wrist, that hand is weak. And we have to, and sometimes it just isn't going to function like it used to. It's not going to be as quick and responsive and accurate as it used to. And when we stop praying and get away from God and mistakes happen in our life and bad decisions happen in our life, it stems out of sickness and sickness stems into weakness. And it takes time for that strength to get back. Can I get an amen? It takes time for strength to come back to overtake the weakness. But when you get strong again. So you might be facing the weakness right now, but there's a place where you can get strong again. It's a place where deliverance means more than I'm stepping out of the gate, but it's, it's a restoration that comes with it. And some of y'all just need to keep on getting yourself up again and doing it again try again be faithful again you don't have to go back into failure God has empowered you to overcome he designed you to overcome if you are in the body of Christ the body knows how to overcome the sickness and it may take time but I assure you, with God's help, it won't take near as long as you think. Is that all right? And the rest of the body helps support the weak spots. Tore an ACL, and my doctor was always getting on to me, you're compensating with the other side. Well, I hate to break it to you, doctor, that's just the way the body does. It compensates for the weakness. The doctor wanted to make it sound like a bad thing. I got news for you. God's body does it automatically. And we start making up for the weakness until that weakness becomes strong again. And that's why unity is so important. Hello, somebody. God's doing more than healing a spirit right now and a mindset. God's trying to heal some things going on here. And you better let Him. You better let Him. Stand with those that are weak right now. Don't talk about them. Don't point out their faults. 
I'm not trying to pastor you. I'm being your evangelist right now. Quit talking about one another. Get your mouth off your brother and sister. You know the Bible, you know it talks about touching up my anointing, do my prophets no harm. I hate to break it to you. That ain't talking about preachers. Only. It's talking about all God's people. Well, well, well. Get your mouth off your brother and sister. They deserve better of you and I. The Bible says it's a matter of kings to conceal a matter. In other words, that means cover it. Now, that doesn't mean cover it and let it continue. It means to cover it where it can heal. And we're kings and priests. And there's people that need us to provide a covering for them. Prayer. Love. Mercy. Is that all right? Some of y'all wish not hush up, but I'm locked in now. I'm going to talk to you. God's putting some pieces back together. <clears throat> Let it happen. You may have to facilitate that healing by going and making some things right. Boy, y'all are quiet. You might better get up and make some things right, don't you think? And mean it. Praise God. And I wouldn't go to bed tonight until I did it. Get it right. Somebody say, get it right. Look at your neighbor and tell him, get it right. Praise God.
Jesus
eaten down. Palmer worm, the caterpillar, the locust had eaten it to a stump. But he looked until he beheld that restoration time had come. He said, and I will restore the years. The palmer worm, the caterpillar, and the locust have eaten. Thank you, Brother McCool. There is healing and complete restoration in Jesus Christ. The church he left is a church he's coming back after, nothing less. And the good work that he began in you, he will finish if you will let him tonight. He's restoring. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He restoreth my soul. Hallelujah. I believe he's doing some restoration right now. Would you lift up your hands and let God touch you? I don't care who you are. Doesn't matter. Just let God touch your mind and your spirit. He's in the restoration business. He went to Calvary for purpose. Surely the presence. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Because <laughs> I feel His mighty power and His grace, His marvelous grace. I can feel the brush of major weeds and I see glory on your face. And surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. And surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I feel His power and His grace, His marvelous grace. I can feel the brush of angel wings. I see glory on all your face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. out here tonight that our Heavenly Father standing with His open arms looking for that prodigal
that the Bible said that he came to himself and came to the realization that at my father's house thank God for the house of God a place that you and I can come and find restoration restoring lifting up encouraging and helping us along this journey but I'd like to tell some of you tonight especially brother Corey and brother Matt it wasn't just the one party that he needed father killed the fatted calf and put the ring back shoes on his feet but that wasn't the only meal he was going to need he was going to need another one right on down the next day and the next as God works in this process of doing some great and mighty things God's working it out folks I'm telling you God's working God's working in Bendale Mississippi and he's working in lives in Bendale Mississippi because God's wanting to give us revival I believe him for that tonight and the church has to be revived before we can handle the revival he wants to give us. Praise God. Let me say this. I've ever, never heard Bishop Odom make mentions of this. But this week in his, his the teaching that he gave to us and to the ministry that he's talking to, he made a statement. He said in, in one month, God blessed him with 150 souls. I like to fell out of my chair. Thought, Bishop Old, I've never heard you make a, a comment about that ever happening in your ministry. He talked about another time that just in three or four weeks, how that there were several hundred or so. But Josh, you remember, you, you hear it, amen, several, two or three times, there was 100 and 150. I thought, Lord, have mercy, God, you can give us. If you gave us 150, we're running close to 100 now. That's 250. Man, two weeks later, 300 wouldn't be nothing. <laughs> but let me ask you the question tonight. How many of you are ready to take home triplets tonight? Huh? Changes your world, buddy. Hey, man, most of us will have a shock effect if we had to take one home. Less must three. Praise God. But you know what? God's doing it. Amen. Last Sunday night, just the beginning. Hallelujah, but God's doing it. We're rejoicing. You know what? Giving us brand new babies and we're surviving the body. He's doing the work, folks. Amen. You know why He wants to attack these two men so? Because one of them was a father of four. Another one's a father of three and a stepfather, amen, to three more. He won't attack, amen, leadership of homes where there's a great host, amen, that raise them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And so there's attack against some of our men, amen, of the time we're living because, amen, the quiver's full and the devil wants to do everything he can to destroy the whole quiver. But you know what? God's going to lift up a standard. The Spirit of God's going to move on our behalf. For surely the presence of the Lord has been in the house. And where the presence of the Lord is, he's doing the work. He didn't show up to do nothing, honey. He showed up to do some work for us. Praise God. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. You can be seated. God bless you tonight. Heard the word. Thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his word. I believe God's opened up the gates. He opened it up for Peter. The Bible said he opened up the iron gate. It's on a cord. It wasn't it's on a cord. God opened it. <laughs> Amen. Opened it up. But man didn't. He didn't have to have man's help. God do the same thing for you and I. We'll just let him. God can, God can work on circumstances, situations that's beyond us. But because we trust and believe in Him and lift it up for Him, amen, He'll take care of it. Praise God. Praise God. All right.
Brother, Brother McCoo's going to be back with us Wednesday night. He didn't have nowhere to go, so I told him to come back and be with us. So he's going to be back with us Wednesday night. Amen. Praise God. Going to look forward to that. Want you to pray over it. God to touch and minister. Man, touch and minister. Amen. To Brother McCool and us. Praise God. Amen. All right. Birthdays. Got any birthdays tonight? Any birthdays? I didn't look at the back of the bulletin. I've slipped my mind. Anniversaries. All right. Well, that's good. 